Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey everybody, Craig Schaup back here at the Ohioan Podcast, and uh, we're recording this uh, July 5th, so a day after 4th of July. Hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. We are back with Bob Garver. Bob, how are you doing? Our New York City film critic. What's going on? Doing, I'm doing wonderfully. Had a great 4th of July. Uh, picked up uh, some nice overtime at work, uh, but also got in the chance to see four movies this past weekend. Yes, we have a very, very full slate. So the first one here is a sequel, The Boss Baby, Family Business. Um, not sure if you were a fan of the first Boss Baby, but tell us a little bit about uh, whether or not you, you enjoyed Boss Baby, Family Business. Well, uh, the Boss Baby movies uh, star Alec Baldwin as a uh, character somewhere between his Glengarry Glen Ross character and his Donald Trump impression. Um <laughs> You know, very, very aggressive, very business-minded, but also a baby. Also a baby. Um, A fictionalized version of the brother of the narrator, uh, played in the first movie by Tobey Maguire, here played by James Marsden. Uh, The sequel sees them uh, change back into children. Um, The Marsden character uh, is about seven, uh, but uh, the Baldwin character is, of course, a baby again. Uh, they're now adults. They have the, you know, knowledge of adults, but uh, are now in the bodies of children. And they go on an adventure to um, save the Marsden's character's daughter from uh, from an evil school principal who's trying to take over the world. <laughs> well, it's a good voice cast. I mean, like you said, Baldwin. I, I mean, I'm sure some people may to, may have enjoyed him in the first one. You've got Amy Sedaris, Jeff Goldblum, Eva Longoria, Jimmy Kimmel, Lisa Kudrow. A lot of uh, talent on display here, but was that talent wasted or was it used to their advantage this time around here in the sequel? Well, Goldblum and Sedaris uh, get a lot to do, especially Goldblum. He's he's having a ball uh, behind the uh, microphone uh, as the as the villain. Who uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is considered a spoiler, but uh, his evil school principal is actually a seventeen-month-old uh, baby. Who's in a robotic adult suit? Okay. Well, the plot, uh, but uh, it's 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 a, it's actually a very uh, very crowded plot. Uh, I had trouble following it at times. I, I imagine kids will have even more trouble following it. Sure. But uh, but there's but there's a nice sense of humor to the movie, and I didn't hate it. Did you enjoy the first one? Had you seen the first Boss Baby coming into this? Uh, one? I I did. I saw the first Boss Baby. Um, was very surprised that it got an Oscar nomination for, <laughs> for Best Animated Feature. Um, it lost to Coco in maybe one of the most one-sided Oscar races ever. Right. 
So what did you think final your final grade here for the boss baby family business? Um I'm giving it a C. Uh some some nice some nice scenes, but uh but not enough to make me remember recommend the big scrambled eggs mess overall. Sure. Well, obviously you can see that in theaters also streaming on Peacock as well, so they decided Universal decided to throw this one in theaters and on streaming as well. So uh, maybe uh, oh, I should I should point out um, it's very much a uh, Christmas movie. Oh. It should have been should have been released either uh, last Christmas or uh, given the theater closings. Maybe held on to uh, to this upcoming Christmas, but Fourth uh, of July was not the right time for it. Um, we'll see with a with another movie coming up. Uh, it was uh, also very wrong to uh, to release it the 4th of July weekend of uh, 2021. Sure. Well, uh, probably no easy way to transition to this next one, but we go from uh, Boss Baby to, uh, I, I think this is the fifth Purge movie, The Forever Purge. The Forever um, Purge. Yeah, this is a, this is a franchise that, uh, you know, kind of got off the ground and has, you know, made a, a, made, made a name for itself at the box office. Uh, what do you think about this latest addition to the franchise? Well, there actually is a, uh, a a way to segue here in that it is also it's the other movie that um, was maybe released uh, at the wrong time uh, because it, even though immigration and um, border control and racism are still very much an issue, uh, this movie was clearly designed to be shown during the last presidential administration. Okay. Uh, was this one yeah, of because it, because it, because it's kind of a it's kind of a big what if what if these shadows remain unchanged, right? Um, as far as far as the last administration was this one of those movies that was pushed back from last year or two years ago or I it, I assume it was because it 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 really doesn't work during the Biden administration. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's about um, six people, I believe. Um, Three Mexican, three, you know, American who um, they survive the night of the purge, but then they discover that there's a large contingent of Americas Americans who uh, want to continue the purge, even though the twelve-hour window where murder is legal has has since closed. Well, you know, I know that some people may find the the concept of these purge movies interesting. I'm not usually a big, you know, movie murdering person for the sake of movie murdering. So, what what is your yeah. take on the Purge franchise and and maybe uh, what and after, possibly is the last installment of the franchise? I don't think it'll be the last installment. I think there'll always be an audience for these movies, but the action, the action and and the constant killing and shooting, it makes you, it's the kind of movie that makes you bored with shooting. Right. Um, is just is just overdone. Um, there, there are some creative scenes, and there are some likable characters, but it's it's just kind of a kind of a mushy, violent movie overall. Well, I know that uh, you know this weekend's box office was actually you know pretty solid overall. We had three movies uh, over the ten million dollar range. The Forever Purge was in that category with twelve million, finishing third place behind F Nine and the Boss Baby sequel. Um, so maybe there is still life at the box office for this franchise. Oh, there is. I never, I never said there was. Like, yeah, no. I, I understand where people would want to see both the Boss Baby and the Forever Purge, right. um, as well as F Nine. I knew that was going to have a strong holdover audience. But 
they're just they're, they're just not that great. Any uh, final grade here for the Forever Purge? C minus. All right. So again, another strange transition. Let's get into Zola. Uh, this is sort of one of those. Yeah, this is a weird darling. Uh, this is a. Maybe you could describe it. I've I've seen uh, bits and pieces of descriptions of this, but maybe you could describe it for those of us that have not really uh, seen a full description of what this movie's about. Well, the there's no uh, no description of this movie would be complete without the phrase based on the series of tweets. Right. This is the first movie, uh, to my knowledge, based uh, entirely on on tweets. Um. It's about a um, it's about a woman who goes uh, goes on a trip to Florida with a female friend of hers, um, and they plan to make a lot of money uh, dancing at uh, at adult venues. Um, but it uh, secretly turns into a call to do sex work, um, and it, uh, it it pulls them both into a, a very seedy, very violent lifestyle. You know, something like this, you know, it's based off a series of tweets, you know, <clears throat> obviously anything can be sort of adapted into a movie or TV show, but um, obviously not what we're normally used to seeing. Is it is it something that kind of thins out too quickly because it is based off of just this big tweet storm or does it have the legs for a feature length movie? That's a difficult question because I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a very good movie, but I don't, I'm not sure if the fact that it's based on tweets is the reason for that. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, like you said, anything, anything can be adapted in and, and I could see where a movie about a series of tweets could, could maybe be pulled off into a, a decent movie, but I don't think this is it. What, uh, what maybe failed this movie? What was, what, what sort of maybe didn't let this movie shine the way you, you were hoping for it to shine? The unlikable characters. Um, you know, there's a shootout late in the movie, and it's like, I, I didn't, I didn't care who who got shot in the shootout because I feel like whichever side lost wouldn't be a, a big loss for humanity. I mean, you know, the narrator, the narrator is probably the most likable character, and you know that she's going to make it out because she has to write the series of tweets that this movie's based on, right? Um, and she's and she's the most likable character as far as everybody else in this shootout. You know, no, it, there's there's no real stakes because everybody, I hate to say it, would would not be a huge loss for humanity. Now that's not true. The the friend of hers, um, would, I guess maybe he doesn't deserve to to get shot. But everybody else, everybody else could get shot, and it and. If anything, humanity would be probably better off for it. Well, I know this is one of the, you know, A24 company. Uh, has, yes, I love A24. Which a lot of people, you know, in some in some ways, a lot of people said they could do no wrong. You know, obviously, you know, this is this is a movie that they decided to back. You know, they they're known for uncut uncut gems, Midsummer, Lady Bird, Moonlight. So they they really had a have a great library despite being less than ten years old, but. This just this movie just didn't come together, huh? They do have a great body, and you know I could see where uh, critics are in love with this movie. So it seems like they have a critical hit on their hands, even if I didn't go for it. Right. So you know, by all means, viewers, if you're adults, by all means, if you're adults, uh, see this movie for yourself 
and and judge for yourself. I I didn't care for it much, uh, but maybe you'll feel differently. Clearly, a lot of critics feel differently. And did you maybe have a the academy grade? will feel differently? Yeah. But I don't, did you, I, did you I, have I, a final grade? Sorry, what was, what was your final grade for Zola? C minus. Okay. Well, and, and maybe the last movie here on our slate, maybe it's the one movie that actually should have come out here during the July yes. 4th holiday. Uh, this is America, the motion picture. Uh, not sure. Uh, I ha actually hadn't really heard of it until you had mentioned it. Um, it did get a June 30th release on Netflix. Did it get a theatrical release as well? Or To my knowledge, it did not get a theatrical release. Okay. Well, this is, a, this is how it's described on IMDb. A chainsaw-wielding George Washington... Yep. Teams with beer-loving bro Sam Adams to take down the Brits in a tongue-in-cheek riff on the American Revolution. So let's get into this one, Bob. What did you think of America, the motion picture? Okay, so basically this is a um, an action movie starring the Founding Fathers. You've got um, Jenning Tatum voicing George Washington, who uh, has to continue the American Revolution after Abraham Lincoln... Uh, voiced by Will Forte is shot, um, and uh, he was the leader. He was the leader of the American Revolution. Um, they have to uh, stop the evil Benedict Arnold, voiced by Andy Samberg, from uh, from continuing British rule on uh, on the United States of America. Well, a great voice cast. I mean, you know, Tatum and Samberg and Forte. You mentioned Bobby Moynihan's in there, Simon Pegg. Uh, so it's a nice voice cast. How did this? Uh... What did you think? Did, did it come together to be a fun little over-the-top July 4th release? It, it did not. Um, this is what uh, Roger Ebert would have called a, a bad little boy movie, <laughs> where it's just so impressed. It, it just focuses so much on just, you know, cursing and violence and, uh, you know, Sam, with Sam Adams, all of his drinking. Uh, and it just milks that for humor through the entire movie, but it's never really all that funny kind of seemed like it wanted to be something like uh, sausage party, the animated feature that was sort of like over the top. It was, uh, is, does this movie have any, do you think this movie has an audience? I mean, do, do, do you think people, oh, there's, there's an audience, audience for this movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what was your overall grade for America, the motion picture? Uh, C minus. Uh, it's basically one joke, uh, which is, you know, founding fathers acting in the way founding fathers wouldn't act. Um, <laughs> And they stretch that out to like two hours. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this doesn't make its way into the uh, the school system and the history teachers go and uh, throw this movie on during uh, one of those dull days of class or something and, and give this a uh, different. Well, I don't know. I'd probably I'd probably prefer this to, to some school lessons, but um, <laughs> but but you're right. It would not uh, would not be an adequate substitution. All right, Bob. Well, I definitely appreciate your time, as always, this week. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like you uh, saw a lot of good movies, though, but uh, maybe there's always next week. There's always another chance to, to go to the, the movie theater and see something good. So Next week uh, is Black Widow. All right, yeah. Yes, so, the first MCU movie in, I think, two years. Yeah, that's going to be pretty big. So uh, we'll be uh, talking about that next week. Well, Bob, we definitely appreciate you joining us today, and you have a great rest of your week, and enjoy Black Widow. Hopefully you enjoy it. Well, thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. All right. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. 
We're hoping to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.